All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of your favorite soccer podcast. Uh, well, at least if you are from the Orange County or Southern California area. But I know there are some of you that love us outside of this area as well. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. So one, two, Godoy. He's found a great ball in it. Volts in plenty of time. He smashes it off and doubles the visitors' lead. Thomas Enavolson. Now Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it. Pineda, the extra pass. Seaton finishes. It rolls down to his left and burying aside. All taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal. And it's gone in. An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast presented by Roughneck Scarves. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he does each and every episode uh, from County Line Coalition is Dylan. Dylan, how are things going? Oh, you know, they're going. Um, it's it's time for the best part of the week, I think, depending on results Saturday. But I'm excited. Yeah, we talk about it. this is a favorite time for for many of us, both uh, us on this podcast and those that are listening. Uh, we love soccer. It's a great sport and we love to talk about it. Uh, also joining me uh, down from San Diego. I don't know if he's in San Diego right now, but he lives in that area at least. And that's Alan. Alan, how are things going? Things are going pretty well. I'm officially in San Diego County again. Uh so things are going great. I'm excited to talk about the game last week and what's coming up next. Perfect. And also joining us for this episode, first time on the Orange Black Soccer Cast, but he's uh, uh, someone that listens to us uh, pretty much week in and week out, which we definitely appreciate. Uh, out there in San Antonio from the, uh, what is it, SA Soccer Roundtable, that's Harry Austin. How are you? Harry, how are you doing? Uh, good. Thanks for the invite uh, since my team decided to, pack it in for the playoffs i uh, figured i'd come join you guys and, and you know we're glad you you took the time to come uh, help us out with this episode uh, it's been a long time coming you know we've interacted on social media quite a bit over the last year and a half that we've been around so we finally get a chance to have you on our episode and share your thoughts with our listeners uh, but before we get into what happened this past week as far as just recapping the match and also looking ahead to uh, the upcoming match, we do want to welcome on a guest from Orange County Soccer Club. He is the midfielder for your playoff-bound Orange County Soccer Club, and that's Aiden Quinn. Aiden, welcome to the Orange Black Soccer Cast. How are things going? Hey, guys. Going great. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. We appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your evening to come speak with us. Uh, the fans are excited to hear what you have to say uh, as this team is heading into the playoffs. Uh, really quick, can you just sort of give us a quick rundown on uh, the experience this season with this team? I know last season it was a, a, a an amazing run to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, this season, maybe not off to the best start, but it seems like Orange County's got things clicking here as we head into the playoffs. Can you just give us your quick thoughts on how the season went for the team? Yeah, I think. Um after last year we we lost some key guys so uh we brought in some replacements but we didn't quite click as well or as quickly as we liked in the beginning um i think once we figured out the right formation and the guys strengths and weaknesses i think then you started to see how good we could be and we started to put together a good run of games and um that's what that's how we ended up in fifth we had a little chance of getting fourth but fifth isn't bad and then we're going to see how we can do in playoffs well, definitely being in fifth, you're avoiding that play-in uh, match that's happening. For those of you listening live, this is happening tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to the recording, probably sometime later on today, the the play-on match, uh, play-in match for the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth seed in each conference. Something new that the league tried this year uh, was that sort of a goal when you sort of knew where you were going to fall somewhere in that, you know, between fourth and I think seventh or eighth. 
Uh, is that sort of a goal that the team had is to avoid that play-in match, Aiden? Yeah, we definitely didn't want to play the play-in match uh, just because you'd be playing Saturday for the season finale, then Wednesday, and then if you won again, then you'd play Saturday, which those are always really tough. Um, we obviously wanted to get a home game, but that didn't work out. Um, Monarchs took care of business, so they deserve their home game, and now we have to travel there in a tough environment, so it'll be a good game. Yeah, I think that was uh, the the Real Monarchs. I believe they were playing Sacramento. I think all the Orange County fans were uh, focused on what was going on with that match because they wanted to see if there was going to be any possibility for another home match at Championship Soccer Stadium. Uh, we were talking before we went live that uh, you mentioned that the the nice size of the crowd there for the home finale was a uh, played a big part or, or at least helped energize the stadium and the team a little bit there for the final match there. Uh, what did what did the you guys think or did you speak with any of your teammates or what were your guys' thoughts on just sort of the energy coming from the crowd out there? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, we didn't really know what to expect with the crowd because, as you guys know, sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. Um, they said that we were going to have a decent crowd for that game, but uh, I think they after the game they said it was the second biggest attendance probably after that Phoenix game last year in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, it was great. Um, it obviously got the guys going. I think we played well, so – Hopefully more of those fans keep coming out maybe next year, but um, I thought they did their part and that helped us on the field. And I don't want to hog any of the questions. I don't know if my co-host Dylan or Alan have any questions for you, Aiden. I'm going to open it up to one of those two if they have something that they'd like to ask. I see Dylan maybe. Yeah, I see Alan still meet us, so I'll jump in. Um, Aiden, obviously stats are a bit down personally for you this year um, in terms of uh, assists and, and goals from what was really a a massive career for you um but you've played a much different role um how hard was it to adjust over the course of a, a 34 game season to playing a little bit deeper and, and filling in for some weird yeah, spots um, exactly uh last year i got to go a little higher um i think naturally i'm more of a eight um i had that that leniency last year with our players um this year we didn't really have anyone to sit in that sixth spot as a defensive mid so um, I sat there a little bit, got on the ball a little more, and uh, it, that's that was one reason why we started to win games, I think. Um, we figured out the formation and what works best for the guys that we have this year, and I'll gladly take a hit for my stats as long as the team's winning, so no problem there. Uh, that makes, I mean, perfect sense. Um, is there a game over the, over the course of this year that you'd like to go back and, and have a redo at? Uh, a redo? I mean, there's a few. I know uh, that Tulsa game in the beginning of the year, we threw it away after being up. I think it was 2-0 and then ended up giving away the game. Um, and then I think the only game we felt that we actually got outplayed for the whole match was uh, the Phoenix game in Phoenix where they, uh, they beat us 3-0. So I think if we had another real rematch against them there, that would be nice because we didn't think that we uh, – played our best and we felt like they actually outplayed us quite easily fair enough um and i have one last question um a little less serious than the last one what what's your favorite vegetable uh, my favorite vegetable huh um well my fiance is actually a vegetarian and vegan so we eat a lot of vegetables i would say it's either broccoli or asparagus so, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, do you have, uh, maybe a certain way you like one of those to prepare? Do you, I mean, I prefer for asparagus, I prefer like a roasted, uh, in the oven with some olive oil and some sea salt on there. Is there any specific way you prefer those? Yeah. in the, uh, in the oven with some, uh, salt, maybe a little pepper or garlic salt. Yeah. That's how I like it. Maybe a little bit burnt too. Not, uh, Oh, that's Not the best way much, to do A little bit of that, uh, char, uh, char flavor on there is the, is the way to do those things. <laughs> Alan, yes, I see exactly. you, Alan, I see you got your mic unmuted. You have a question for Aiden? Yeah, he kind of hit on it a little bit, dropping further back. Um, but Christian Duke coming back, Forrester kind of dropping from a wing position to more midfield kind of halfway through the season. What was that like kind of going through those transitions of bringing Christian back and kind of transitioning in having Forrester drop back midfield? Yeah, obviously bringing uh, Christian back, that helped. A huge amount um we know how good he was so it was a bummer that he got hurt in preseason um and then just having him back and have pulling harry back we kind of just got back to basics of 
just trying to outwork teams. And then from there, then we can start trying to play and play beautiful soccer. But first we had to outwork teams. So we kind of got the guys that are the fittest in the middle and we just started running around a little bit more and trying to outwork teams, outplay teams, outfight teams. And I think that's what started the little run. And then we got the soccer going as well. So it's been good. And then how much freedom do you guys, the three of you get when you're playing? Is there a lot of communication about rotations or is it kind of you have a specific role when you get out there? Uh, yeah, we get we get freedom. Um, obviously, we have our roles, but um, if one of if I go, then usually Christian or Harry they'll realize and they can sit. Um, but usually, I like to just stay in there, make it easy, um, so they can go attack. They can help out on the wings. They can help Darwin and Mike. And so most most of the time, they're more attacking. If I see a chance that I can go, I'll try. But uh, I like to just sit back there with uh, Michael Orozco and then Walker and just, just kind of hold it down so we don't get countered. And then for the Real Monarchy, without giving away too many things, because they might our spies might be listening, but is there anything that Orange County fans can be looking for as far as kind of what you're trying to do versus what they're trying to do? Like, do they have tendencies that you're going to try and stop? Uh, I mean, if we watched the last game um, – I think they only had one shot on goal, um, and they won 2-0 because obviously I scored the own goal. Um, and we had a bunch of good chances in the beginning, in the first half, so I think we have some confidence going there. Obviously, if we finish some chances and the game's different, um, we know that they're good in set pieces. Uh, their center backs are big, and they attack the ball well in set pieces, so we have to watch out for that. But I think if we play the way we know we can play, and if they play – their best soccer, then I think it'll be a great matchup and it'll come down to who finishes their chances. Awesome. Thanks. And then I just want to ask because you just, you did mention on that uh, last match against real monarchs that, you know, they got the one goal and then you basically gifted them another goal. What goes through a, a player like, you know, your mind or just any player's mind when that happens is, is that something where, um, you try and look, play it back in your head and figure out what I could have done differently, or do you just sort of look at it as that's what happens in the game? It's going to happen every so often. Um, share with our listeners how yeah. that plays out. Yeah, it sucks for sure. Um, you obviously don't want to score against yourself. But, yeah, looking back, I mean, uh, we were down a man because Walker had a bloody nose, I think it was. So I dropped back in, and I don't think we all – we were all supposed to drop kind of one position because we were down a man. I don't think we all – kind of did that as a team and we've discussed that so if that ever happens then i think we'll be having better communication but also then uh they crossed the ball i had a couple i think i had one guy on my left one guy coming behind me i mean i don't know if they would have scored it but uh looking but after it happens and you just got to get on with the game you got to try to focus on the next play because you can't really do anything about it and you just hope you can affect the game in a positive way no, I, and, and I mean, we all understand you have to make a play on that ball in that situation, especially when you see uh, a defender over your, or sorry, uh, an offensive player over your shoulder like that with a potential to score a goal. Just the ball sometimes doesn't bounce the right way. So we totally get that. Uh, but just, you know, always interesting to figure out what's going on uh, in a player's head in that situation. Uh, I, I do want to let you go here, but I do want to ask you one last question really quick. Uh, it's a question that we've asked uh, your assistant coach there on the team, uh, Richard Chapel, in the past. Um, if you got thrown into a situation where you have to go and you basically said you have to sing a karaoke song right now, we're out, you have to sing a song, what song would you pick and sort of why would you sing that song? Karaoke, huh? Um, <laughs> let's see. I would pick – I mean, when I was at Philly when I got drafted there, they made me sing What Does the Fox What Does the Fox Do or whatever, so I might do that one again, bring back old memories. I, I I think it's what does the fox say? Is that 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 I yeah, think that's well, yeah. referencing? <laughs> I try to block that out of my memories because it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> but no, I, I might do that or um, like an Oasis Wonderwall song or something. You, Let's you wanna, hope they you, keep giving you contracts so you never have to go through an initiation <laughs> ever again. Let's just finish out. Do you want to do you want to give us a, do you want to give us a taste of what does the fox say for our listeners? Uh, <laughs> For your first time ever on the podcast, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't, I don't have to. He's never going to. I do want to. I do want to call it Alan on his tweets today and saying that I, he doesn't think we're going to get the win this weekend, though. Hey, we. I love that. I love. I think uh, Dylan and I are both loving hearing that coming out of your mouth uh, there. 
uh, Aiden, because we were sort of giving him a hard time about about that. Well, I mean, Real Monarch fans aren't going to bring the noise, so I have to have some kind of poster boy <laughs> material, right? Like something to motivate. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate it. No, it's a, it's all good. Uh, we'll hopefully prove you wrong, but I know you're you'll be rooting for us. <laughs> do you have a yeah. <laughs> Aiden? Do you have a? You want to give our listeners a, a a quick prediction for the match, or is that something that you don't want to do? No, no, I don't want to do that. I just, <laughs> hopefully, um, I think the guys are going to come out strong. I think we're going to have a good week of training, and we get there, and hopefully, um, we get a good result. We we you know we got faith in you. We're hoping uh, for a great result there, and we want to see. Uh, Ultimately, we want to see you guys get a chance against Phoenix in the next round there in Phoenix to try and, uh, uh, you know, take care of what didn't happen the last time you guys were out there in Phoenix because that would be an amazing story in this. The team that knocked out Orange County last season, we go to their home and knock them out. That would be such a a great uh, storyline for this. So um, I want to say thank you, Aiden, for joining us, taking some time out this evening to join us on our podcast. Uh, We know you got uh, a lot of stuff going on, preparation for the match and everything. So uh, thank you uh, for coming on and and letting our fans hear a little bit about what's, uh, what's been going on with you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you guys and I appreciate the support all year. Perfect. Thank you. See you on Saturday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that was Aiden Quinn from your uh, midfielder for your Orange County Soccer Club joining us here on the podcast. Uh, I, I got to say this. I love that he called you out, Alan, because uh, I, I was ready to call you out on this episode, but Aiden took care of that for me. So so good. So good. <laughs> um, let's do this. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about what happened on the uh, Fresno match this past weekend. It, it was an amazing crowd, like Aiden had mentioned there uh, the second largest crowd at championship soccer stadium ever. I know the stadium's only been around for a couple seasons or a couple years now, but still when you can have that opportunity uh, and the, the energy in that stadium coming out of Countline coalition, uh, I know uh, Blaine and all of those guys there were working really hard to try and basically maximize the amount of uh, fans sitting in that section. Uh, I know I brought some fans over into my section, although they weren't as, you know, into the game as the Counterline Coalition. So I'm not going to say anything about, the, you know, my my group. I was trying to, to get them pumped up, but it's a little bit different when it's your first time coming to the stadium. And then, you know, throwing the beer fest there, that definitely helped add a bunch of uh, people there to the stadium uh, for the match. Uh, Dylan, I'm going to go to you first because you were, you were there. Uh, how did you feel? Do you agree with Aiden that there was some great energy in that stadium uh, on Saturday? Oh, yeah. Anytime the beer is flowing um, at a beer fest, it gets even the most casual people to show up and get interested. Um, and um, as one of the one of the many mats in the CLC would say, uh, he had his talent juice. So uh, I think everyone's willing and able to go that much harder for the full 90, um, that much louder, uh, that much more passionate, uh, really getting behind the team and, and having a really, really good time no matter what was going on. Um, even those opening 25 minutes where there were some uh, close calls for both sides, but neither team really looked too dangerous. Um, you know, we were, we were behind him and, and really excited, and you could tell that the rest of the stadium was that exact same way. Um, I felt it a few times uh, in, in, his, in the history at the stadium um, that that comeback um, last year against Oklahoma City was one of those times. Um, of course, all the playoff matches – um, and then the last couple beer fests, the, uh, or I guess it was a margarita fest or something on, uh, single to quattro against Phoenix. <laughs> um, and then the match against Sacramento and now this match against Fresno. I mean, people really bring the energy on those nights and it's, it's electric. Um, absolutely love it regardless of the result. But when you, when you pick up a win on one of those nights, it's, it's so much more special. Um, my voice started to come back yesterday. So, uh, it was, that's, that's how hard I think everyone went. Um, but you know, that's what we do. We love it. And you guys do a great job out there. And I know, uh, speaking with Harry earlier today, you know, in his prep for joining us here, he decided to watch the, uh, the replay of the match there on ESPN plus. And he even mentioned, I think, uh, in our chat back and forth on, on Twitter or in the message boards of Twitter that it was, he noticed it was a larger than normal crowd there, uh, at uh, championship soccer stadium. Were you able to sort of, feel some of that energy coming from the crowd when you were watching the this, this stream there, Harry? Yeah, it was, you know, like I said, Harry, it was just the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the County Line Coalition and just the sheer volume that, that was in, in the section on this one here. That's the one that really kind of caught my my idea. I think that was after the uh, 
the first goal when when they were showing the, the highlights of that and um, or showing the replay of it here. So, but yeah, it was it was kudos and, and like I said here, you know, I think I mentioned to you is like, hey, the crowd seems above average, you know, compared to normal. I didn't know it was the uh, what second largest one over fifty one hundred there according to a uh, mob. So. Uh, impressive. I just, you know, hopefully that next year you guys can continue to build on that and it becomes more of a regular uh, crowd for you guys. And, you know, sometimes when you watch that on the stream there, you might not notice that there's a, a full stadium worth of people because there's still, you still see a lot of empty seats out there on the stream. But uh, the fact was there was the beer fest going on. So I would say there was a probably good like third of the crowd hanging out in that section for pretty much the whole first half. And I think even after they, they sort of cut off the beer in that fest, a lot of them still linger in that section instead of trying to find their seats at that point, they're too, probably too inebriated to find out where they're supposed to sit. So they're just sort of hanging out where they are uh, and whatnot, but it was definitely, I, I could feel it when I was at the stadium, I saw it. I actually did the rounds in the stadium a couple times there just to sort of get the feeling of what was going on. I went over, there was probably about six to eight Fresno fans that made the trip down. Um, I, I made sure to go stop by and say hi to Ricky Bravo, who was with us last week to help preview the match. So it was pretty amazing there. Um, Alan, you uh, got a chance probably to watch the stream as well. What did you see on that as far as the, just the energy from the crowd and just the crowd in general? Yeah, I didn't, get a chance to watch the first probably 15 to 20 minutes of it live uh, the whole marching band shenanigans uh <laughs> but i open my phone to to hop in on the game and i literally like out loud was like oh wow like tons of people tons of energy even through the phone like you can just feel that there was something different about the game kind of the extra buzz about um I think we're having a little bit of connection there, unless it's just on me with Alan. Oh, no, I think it's, you know, if he was in Orange County, we wouldn't have this problem. But he is in San Diego County, right? Everybody? <laughs> I am. Yeah. I, I just, it was like, there were tons of people in places that there aren't usually yes. tons of people. Uh, and it just felt really good. And again, it felt great in the stadium to see that. And by the way, the, the, team went out there and basically put in a workmanlike performance there. Uh, again, I'm going to quote you, Harry, because we were chatting earlier. It wasn't like this flashy display out there on the, on the pitch for orange County. It was, they did what they had to do to get the victory. Uh, they got the two goals that they needed. They did, you know, get some help because of some uh, calls from the ref. Uh, I know you mentioned even Harry too, that, that, that first red card, Maybe not a red card per se, but I think I also mentioned with you, when you're on a yellow card, you cannot do anything that's going to make the ref uh, want to pull out a second yellow. Or when you're on a yellow card, you don't want to make the ref pull out another yellow card on you. Um, but uh, definitely a workmanlike performance there. And it's it's definitely, I, I think when you're heading into playoffs, you want to see a team that's putting in their work, doing what they need to do, playing in the right positions, because uh, that's what's going to help you win these playoff games, especially when you're having to go on the road in hostile environments. What do you think, Harry? Well, I think what struck me is like, I thought the red card was a little bit harsh. Cause I do think the two yellows was, you know, they're borderline, you know, just, you know, I called them soft and, and, you know, even the announcers were um, kind of questioning a little bit here. Um, but what impressed me is orange County took advantage of it right away. You know, with Harry, Harry Forster's goal, um, off, I believe it was off a set piece, but uh to me, that's 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 why I mean it was very workmanlike. You know, they 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 got the they got the advantage and they took advantage of it, and that's what good teams do. And and you know, so often you'll see teams that, you know, for instance, my team that was up a man and just kind of set back, and and you know, it, it comes back to bite them. But OC took advantage of it, and you know, that's why you guys are what fifth seed, you know, along those lines. And, and it has to be considered, you know, if you guys were on the other side of the bracket, I would consider you guys going all the way to the finals, uh, you know, the Western conference finals again, but that Phoenix match in the second round, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough one. one. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely uh, talk about that. If not this episode, definitely, hopefully the next episode. Um, let me talk to you, Dylan, because I was at the stadium. We were both at the stadium of the match. I actually missed that first goal live because 
Uh, I had a friend offering to me to or offering to buy me a beer, so I'm going to take him up off on it. I'm walking up to the beer stand. I was actually standing at the beer stand right behind you guys in Caroline Coalition when that second goal was scored. Uh, did you get to see that goal? And can I just say, I watched it on the replay, pretty amazing uh, set piece there, a corner kick from Aiden Quinn to the head of Harry Forrester. Yeah, uh, you must have seen uh, CLC regular and the official orange and black soccer cast uh statistician andy up at the at the beer line um wow what a goal um i know that i've slagged off uh forrester more than anyone probably in the club um in the clc like regularly for three four months uh every week because he didn't perform and everyone said he's gonna prove me wrong and it took a long time and here he is um he got hot when the team got hot and he's been a big part of that um wow what a goal i mean i've I've seen a few like that this year in the usl but he left his man in in the (laughs) dust and you know, the guy marking the front post for, for Fresno just looked like happened. an idiot because he was standing there <laughs> flat-footed and Cochran just looks over and goes, well, Why didn't you? I couldn't do anything about that because that's <laughs> not my problem. Um, that was very satisfying, and that really opened up the game. Uh, I can tell Fresno kind of went into a damage control mode uh, once that goal went in. Um, you could see that reflected in the sub at the start of the second half. And... Uh, for us fans that was very satisfying um it was amazing i could still see everyone debating the red cards i think the first yellow was that uh, was unfortunate because he slipped yes Yes. that was that's true he did slip but he did slip into the back of someone um a dangerous slip i mean basically because it was yeah i I would say it's probably not a yellow the second yellow he got was definitely a yellow i mean you're getting your hands up into someone's face twice that's that's definitely grounds. I mean, if you do and that, you're on a yellow, getting a red. You're on a yellow, you don't do that. Yeah, and then the second, I mean, if you are leaning in to stop, you're on the goal line and you're leaning in, and the ball hits your arm. Yeah, you're, you're trying to stop the goal, right? So it's denial of clear goal scoring opportunity. I mean, you take your red, and you uh, don't get caught swearing at the fourth official on the official stream. Um, but you know, we've had plenty of terrible refereeing decisions go our way and then we get two favorable ones maybe, um, or at least one favorable one in a match, which felt nice. Finally. I, I will say those, the, the cards from the referee. Yeah. Questionable on, you know, should they have been a card, but they're not the type of plays where you can look at it and say that they, they obviously shouldn't have been. There was, there was at least enough reasoning or enough justification as why you can give them the, the, like you said, Dylan, the first one where the player slips, he slips, but he gets the, he takes out the orange kind of player from behind, which is a very dangerous situation there. Uh, the ref is doing what you're sort of taught in that situation is it's a dangerous play. You got to pull out a card on that. Uh, The second one, the guy's on a yellow, he goes, you know, yeah, I get it. There's always contact when you're in a set piece and you're lined up like that, but you got to know you're on a yellow. You got to know that if you somehow get stuck in a play where you're giving the ref an opportunity to give you a yellow, they might not quite remember that they already gave you one, even though it's not something where you should be taken out of the game. So yeah, that second one could be questionable, but again, he was on a yellow. He should have known, hey, I got to play this just straight up. I can't put my arms up. I can't be elbowing. I can't be swinging. I just need to keep my arms to my side and just do what I need to do on there. And then, like you said, Dylan, that 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 other red card on the goal line, I mean, yeah, it's, it's denying a goal opportunity, so it has to happen. Alan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I just feel slightly kind of gutted because I have them losing to El Paso in the first round, so... Like, that's, for me, like, that's a possibility that that's that, the last play that that guy gets to make this year is <laughs> to have a ball go off his hand or off his arm. Yeah, he turns and then kind of, as he turns, kind of leans out a little bit. So, like, yeah, it's a little bit on him. But you still, like, you don't, I don't want to see that because you, you know that that player's probably gutted. You know, like, it's a reaction thing, and then you realize, ah, oh, poop, I did something terrible. Um, I just felt a little bit bad. Like I always feel a little bit bad unless it's like blatant trying to take somebody out or like the elbow to the head. I mean, I, I, I feel slightly bad for him. Um, and, and going back to Harry's point about 
you know, taking advantage of those opportunities and really burying them. I think that's the big difference between the Real Monarchs match and the Fresno match is we didn't take advantage of those opportunities against Real. We did against Fresno. And I think that's the biggest difference between the 2-0 one way and the 2-0 the other. So, um, in the end, Orange County wins the match. Uh, really, the only reason they need to win the match is to secure the fifth seed. They, they didn't have a chance at the home seed at, the, at that point because Real Monarchs had already won earlier in the day. Uh, but they do go off on a high note. They give the, the home fans an exciting evening of soccer and an exciting uh, celebration to end things. And they've now gone two matches back-to-back. If you go back to the Sacramento match and you go into this match where maybe some questionable calls and maybe some things that can throw teams off, but they deal with those questionable calls and they just take advantage of them or they just keep working. So Sacramento, you know, some things happen there. Orange County just kept doing what they got to do, come away with a win. Fresno, things happen there with maybe, you know, do they really need a red card there? But they, it happens, and they go through, they get the scores, they win, uh, and now they head on to the playoffs. Uh, before we talk about the playoffs, I just want to ask each and every one of you, and Harry, you could jump in here also if you wanted because you got a chance to watch what happened, is uh, the, the star of the match for uh, this match. I'm going to start with you, though, Dylan. Who was your star of the match? Um, I actually debated this one um, with a couple of people this weekend, but Aiden Quinn. Um, I know Forster had a really great match, but Aiden tallied a billion passes as he does. Um, he notched that wonderful assist. Um, you know, that's a, that's pinpoint cross off that corner and then converts the penalty. That's, uh, I don't know. doesn't get much better than that really. Perfect. What about you, Alan? Um, I'm going to agree that Quinn had a good game. I'm going to go the opposite way. I think Forrester is like inches away from getting another like amazing assist into Seton on a header. Um, I think between, you know, the two of them, if they keep playing the way they're playing, like we have a really good midfield and we're not even talking about Christian Duke. Um, so I'm going to go the opposite way. And then I'm going to say Harry Forrester was kind of man of the match. And then Harry, what about you? Uh, who was your man of the match in this match? Yeah, I went with Harry as well. I, I thought his goal you know, on that set piece kind of set, because if you go in zero, zero uh, at the half, I think going in one zero is, is just a huge difference and set the tone for the second half for, you know, for OCSC. So uh, I gave it to Harry. It was, you know, a great shot um, for that hair. Plus he has an awesome first name like me. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great wow. Great reasoning there. Yeah. Um, I'll have to, I guess, agree with the, 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 Man, who do I go with? I'll go with Harry because of the the great effort there to get his head on the ball and and the way Dylan described it. I mean, that's just an amazing thing there, right? Is uh, he just left his man behind and then he goes and gets the head to the ball and uh, the defender on the post has no idea what's going on and just lets the ball sneak past. So we'll go with Harry on that because he just, yeah, he helped, uh, I guess, put some momentum into the Orange County sales heading into half. Um, I'm disappointed in your response, Ray. Okay. And the reason why is you just had Mr. Quinn, Mr. Quinn on the line who uh, called out uh, our good friend about the uh, pick and you had an opportunity to select him and you passed. (sighs) Can I take it back? And can I go with Aiden Quinn? No one, no one said no, so we'll go with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that moves on Orange County because of, of the way things uh, ended up there. We head over into the playoffs now as the fifth seed. And lo and behold, we get to face a team we just faced a few weeks ago. And even Aiden Quinn, when he was on earlier, said it was a very uh, – they went over there and probably didn't play the best game. I think he even mentioned only one shot from Real Monarchs. Uh, the second goal was from Aiden Quinn's – uh, foot himself. So I think Orange County has a chance now, or they have the mentality they want to come back and get some revenge. Uh, so let's look into this match. And to help us out with that, we actually brought in another guest to come join us to help us talk about this upcoming playoff match. And that is uh, David Cheever. He's from RSL Soapbox. I believe I got that correctly. Uh, David, uh, welcome to the Orange Box Soccer House. If you're there, 
I saw him not. a second ago. I, I did see him a second ago, but uh, uh, I don't. I, he does have his mic muted, so oh, he's back. I, I do see him. David, are you able to hear me? They might be trying to figure out some audio uh, uh, things here with the microphone and or headphones with David there, but hopefully we'll get things worked out there. Um, maybe Dylan will chat with him offline here as we try to get things going with him. But we do need to talk about this match because, again, Orange County tra- is going to be traveling out to Salt Lake City again. They just were out there, what, two weeks ago, I think is what it was. And it wasn't the match that Orange County fans were hoping for. Uh, Orange County had been on a nice little bit of run. Uh, they head out to Real Monarchs and they lose. And then I think that's basically what ends up keeping them in the fifth seed instead of the fourth seed. But they are heading out to Real Monarchs or to Salt Lake City for this match. Um, while we try and work on the audio with David here, I'm going to go to Alan really quick. Alan, um, what are your thoughts heading into this match? I know uh, Aiden already mentioned, uh, you know, he, he called you out. Are you going to change your thoughts on what's going to happen with this match? So I to put a caveat, I did say head over heart. Like All right, I, I really, really want. I think Alan's having some more audio issues here. He issues. He might be in a in one of those dead zones that are known I in San Diego. It's gonna be a really good game. Real Monarch. Yeah, I'm almost home. I can hop back on. <laughs> Let's let me do this. Let me let me see. Uh, David, are you uh, able to hear me? I can hear you. I don't know if you can hear me. We can, we hear, can you. hear you. Yes, we can. Welcome uh, to the okay. Orange Black Soccer Cast. You're welcome. Uh, so uh, again, David is from RSL Soapbox. He covers Real Monarchs for them. RSL Soapbox also covers uh, Real Salt Lake out there in Salt Lake City. Um, David, we're just now getting into our chat here about this upcoming match. It's going to be a great playoff match. I know Real Monarchs just recently. Uh, came up victorious against Orange County there in uh, what, what's the the city you guys playing or the Real Monarchs playing? Is it her? Harriman. Hey, Her- Harriman. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, being that these two teams have just recently played each other, what are your thoughts heading into this match? Are we going to expect more of the same or do you think uh, the, the game plan is going to be different between these two teams? Actually uh, in the back, it could very easily be the same. I don't know if you noticed, but they went with five center backs when you played here earlier, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, sort of played more a defensive game and really didn't push forward, in part because their leading scorer, Douglas Martinez, was off on national duty, and they really didn't have anybody to put up front. They wound up putting somebody that was down from Real Salt Lake, midfielder, up front. So. I, it's really open to whether they'll try and just go with the four-man back line now or if they'll go back to that five-man back line and just do a 5-3-2. And I know we, we did notice it because I know Dylan, uh, on our episode after that match, that was one of the big things that he, he noticed and he mentioned that sort of uh, took away the opportunities for Orange County was that back five that Real Monarchs threw out there. Made it a little bit difficult to try and, get anything on goal for Orange County. Um, has that been a strategy that Real Monarchs have been using uh, late in the season here? Or was that just sort of, like you said, because um, your your leading scorer was, um, was, was away? It was not anything they've used a lot. They used it in two games. It was sort of a big surprise when they did it the first time. And then they went to it a bit when they were playing with Phoenix down in Scottsdale as well. A lot of it was just they had the the four games in eleven days too, so they had to do a lot of rotation. No, it totally totally makes sense. And uh, I think in that match, uh, if I can recall, there were a few players that came down from the first team uh, to help out there, but I don't know if they made any major impacts. Uh, we did have our midfielder for Orange County on the episode earlier, Aiden Quinn. He did. Uh, you know, mentioned that it was a disappointing trip out there to Salt Lake City and the, the the players are really focusing on training hard for this match, knowing that we're in the playoffs now. You win, you continue, you lose, you go home. Um, have you gotten any word out of Real Monarchs or have you spoken to any of the players to, to see uh, what their mentality is going into this match? 
they're really flying high. Like a much like Orange County, they played five games against playoff teams, their final five games, and went four wins and a draw in those five games. So they're thinking they can beat anybody at the moment. Thinking that it's it's gelling really well for them right at the moment. And um I'm trying to just go off the top of my head, but and so Dylan or Harry, because you guys might be able to, or Alan, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is has Real Monarchs in the past had really strong seasons and then have a hard, difficult time in the playoffs? Or is that another team that I'm thinking of? Or maybe we, David, we, you can let me know. We've never won a playoff game. We've lost, we've been in the last two years and lost the first round both times. So two years ago, we lost. We lost in to... the in penalty kicks to Sacramento. Then we lost to Reno last year. So they're really looking to get a first victory, which is, again, part of why they're really flying high coming off the 4-0-1-1 record. Dylan, do you have anything? No, I just assumed you were trying to stir the pot there. Um, well, no, no, I'm just, I want to try and get Alan to change the prediction uh, before we end this episode. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out some ways to do that. Um, uh so a uh, former Orange County player, Noah Powder, now plays for Real Monarchs. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to really look at what his season's been like. Has he been a key performer for you guys this season? He has got a lot of time. I don't know that I would call him a key performer. He had one really wonderful free kick that got him on player of the week oh, about four weeks ago. But has been splitting time. He's not definitely a full-time starter. Perfect. And, and we, we do have Harry Austin. He's from San Antonio. He's sort of coming in to our episode here as a neutral voice between these two ta- two teams here. Uh, he doesn't really have any any reason to cheer for one team or another other than just maybe his love of the game. So I'm going to uh, speak with Harry really quick. Um, do you sort of uh, hear what, uh, what we got coming here from David? And do you sort of agree with his thoughts on uh, both of these teams are riding high heading into this match? And um, what are your thoughts on, on that type of... Uh, type of situation yeah i think these are two very evenly matched teams uh if you look at the stats you know i think uh, you know i know uh, real monarchs has scored 71 goals where you know ocsc has only scored 54 but i think <clears throat> a lot of that can go to the slow start for orange county but if you look at the second half of the year uh the real monarchs have avoided their uh typically fall slide uh, that that happens because uh, you know as um as uh, David mentions, uh, normally they've got off to a great start and then um, kind of folded down down the end of the season uh, for here. So I'm actually looking forward to this game. Um, I think it'll be very good. It wouldn't shock me if this went to extra you know extra time and even to PKs. Um, I don't know if there's a clear advantage for either either side. Um, you know, I think some of it will depend on the crowd that comes out. Uh, you know, for Real Monarchs to see if they can, you know, develop a, you know, a home field advantage, uh, kind of like what OC had this last week uh, for out here. But um, in my opinion, it's it's probably one of the uh, matches to watch, not only on the West, but, you know, in the entire USL playoffs is, is you probably got two of the hottest teams uh, that, that are going to be going head to head. And I, I got to ask really quick, Dylan, are you still planning on making your way out to uh, to the match? Tickets booked. I will see everyone there. I'm so if anything, so there will be one Orange County Soccer Club fan at that stadium. Uh, David, uh, try and make sure they treat him well when he's at I the match. I will do that. There. You don't have to do that. I can, I can fend for myself. <laughs> uh, what, um, who's, the, who's the player that Orange County should be watching out for, David? Douglas Martinez. Forward. And, and- he just got back from national team duty with Honduras in the Nations Cup, scored a goal there, was hot for the U23s earlier on. First person to ever get a hat trick, and he did it twice this season for the Monarchs. Perfect. Um, let me go to Alan because we now have video of Alan. He's back at home. Alan, uh, we were just talking about uh, – uh, just what to expect with this match here between Orange County and uh, Real Monarchs. Um, what do what are your thoughts in, in this match? Is this a, a winnable match for Orange County, or um, 
Or are we going to have to listen what? to what you predicted? Well, I mean, I've always said that Orange County is going to win this game. I don't. Um, I mean, I've been pretty clear. <laughs> been pretty clear with that since day one. That um, do we have to rewind gonna... the tape? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I do agree with David. I think these two teams. Um, it's going to come down to a play or two, like it did last game. I think the two nil uh, final score of that game uh, doesn't fairly represent. Uh, the style of play and and what happened in that game, um, really, it that game kind of fell apart a little bit with a Walker Hume nosebleed, um, and not to put any blame on anybody. I mean, if you're a midfielder, it's going to be tough to play center back uh, <laughs> and replace someone that is pretty defensively uh, sound. As long as he's not having to sprint down the field, Walker Hume is a is a good defender. Um, so I, I do think it's going to be a really good match. Uh, I think the only one first round that might be able to to match the interest is if New Mexico uh, somehow pulls off a victory and ends up facing Phoenix. I think first round, um, even if even if I was the neutral, like I agree with Harry, even as a neutral, I would I would say that the Orange County Real Monarchs game is the most intriguing. Um, I think the three six is kind of a fun matchup, but Fresno's not been playing great, so I think his first round. If New Mexico doesn't make it through, this is the game to watch for sure. Well, that's that's the beauty of, of a, a four or five matchup is you got two teams that pretty much are, are very neck and neck. Uh, and the fact that you have both of these teams playing pretty well at this point of the season, sometimes when you get to that, that four or five, you might have one team that's maybe on a run and one team that's been faltering a little bit lately. Um, but you got some pretty decent teams. You got them uh, in some good form. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Orange County. And, and I don't know, David, do you, do you think it's going to be a, a, an easy match for Real Monarchs? Or do you think it, they're going to have to put in some good work? And uh, what are your odds or what do you think are the odds of, of Real Monarchs actually coming away victorious in this match? I think they have a good chance. It will not be an easy match. To put it back to you, I have a question for you. Do you get a sense that your players, there's there's a lot of animosity to two teams and Real Monarchs is definitely a, an adjunct to Real Salt Lake. They only have 16 players on their entire roster, so they can't fill an 18 without players down from Real Monarchs. Is the chance to play against, admittedly, end of the bottom of the roster players an incentive to USL roster players, or is it not quite such an incentive? Are you, you asking feelings on that? You're are you asking like what the players' thoughts are or what uh, us as fans of the other team are? But both, because well, um, it, it it it's always interesting to me how people feel about two teams because I expect we'll probably have at least four and up to perhaps six Real Salt Lake players in our eighteen, and probably yeah, most should, of them starting. I wish we could get Aiden Quinn back on here to help answer this question really quick. Um, as far as a player goes, uh, I honestly can't say what a player feels on it. I, I would assume that players just head into the match. Just, I don't care who's on your roster. I want to come in and win this, this match. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Dylan Allen or even Harry in your interactions with any players or anything. Um, as far as two teams go, have you heard anything from any players of how they, they react to these uh, types of matches? Well, I think first of all, in, in in my opinion, and like I said here, you know, and obviously I'm not you know Orange County supporter, but just you know having played Real Monarchs with, with San Antonio, um, you know, as a fan, Real Monarchs to me isn't the typical two team that that brings down, um, you know, bring down brings down players, you know, for it, and especially in the playoffs, you have to have already played. I think it's what five games or something along those yeah. lines. So there's not going to be any, you know, Tacoma MLS lineup. So you're going to, you're going to see players that have, that have been down most likely with Real Monarchs for most of the season. Um, as far as the players, I can't answer that, but as far as the perception that I have as, as far as two teams, you know, Real Monarchs isn't like, you know, sporting Kansas city two now or Swope park, you know, whatever you want to call it, where, you know, they would, you know, purposely load up on certain matches you know, or, you know, RGV here with, you know, that we call Daddy Dynamo with, with you know, you know, Houston players now. Uh, I'm assuming if it was a rivalry, maybe it's a little bit different than, than our experience. But, 
you know, I just get the feelings that with Real Monarchs that, you know, because they do have that, you know, they have the youth, yes, but they typically have one or two solid, you know, older guys that, that help mature the team. So, But I asked, uh, actually, Chad asked Coach Cloutier about, specifically about this question. I think it was uh, during the RGV match. He was just, hey, you know, these MLS two sides send people down. And his response was, you know, we play who's on the who's on the pitch. Uh, we probably we don't care if it's a MLS player, borderline MLS player, a USL player. We're going to play our game. I mean, you got Kevin Alston, who was an MLS All Star. So it's not like Orange County has guys that are these you know young kids who want to like prove themselves against MLS players. You got a good mix of young kids who do want to prove themselves, but some of these older players like a Harry Forrester, like an Aiden Quinn, who you know, they've been playing against MLS players their entire career. Some of them have been in the MLS up and down. You got Michael Orozco. So I, I don't think it really phases them a whole lot. I don't think they really it really gets them up or motivates them any different than, hey, it's a playoff game against a tough opponent. I think that's the part that's going to get them up more than specifically the guys are kind of up and down. I think just traveling to Real Monarchs to take on Real Monarchs, uh, that's what's going to get them up. And if it takes an MLS guy to, to do that, uh, maybe we got our heads in the wrong spot. I think the Orange County guys are going to show up regardless of who uh, Real Monarchs throw on the pitch. I, I think that's a great uh, a great thing about this Orange County squad is there are a lot of veterans that have been in big game situations, that have played in MLS, that have played with the U.S. national team. Um, and you throw in some of these younger players that – uh, some of them could be considered fringe MLS players. I mean, you look at Michael Seaton, he was on an MLS roster for some time. He just didn't quite make it there with, uh, uh, was it um, DC United? United and then Portland? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, you have players, both young and old, who probably can be considered MLS quality. Now, do they make an MLS squad and, and get big minutes or do they play in the USL and play, play big minutes, you know, type of thing is, is a different thing there. So it, it's one of those things where with orange County, maybe compared to some other teams, they have a lot of uh, a great mix of veterans that have been there that have done that. And some young players that have been in situations where they had opportunities, you could throw in Darwin Jones as one of those, those options as well. So it's not like this is an orange County team that is just a complete young roster, just trying to prove themselves. There's some really great players on there that probably are ready for this type of experience. I do have a question for you, and this goes for David and, and the Orange County guys. With the game being what a noon kickoff in, in California, right, and one o'clock there. In yeah, one o'clock. One o'clock in Mountain. How do you think that kind of changes dynamics? Because normally, you know, when you see, you know, in my opinion, when you see playoffs, you know, the the Saturday night or the night games is is where it's at. How do you think, you know, especially you know a noon game in California? To me, that's you know, you know, that's that's a little bit early. Uh, kicking off any thoughts on that i I, i'm gonna jump in there i'm gonna say it's it's a total benefit and total uh uh plus to to real monarchs i I think there were a few orange county fans that were hoping to make their way out to the match uh, and when they realized it was going to be an earlier match like that it just totally ruined that thought it sort of takes me back to the first match of the season up in reno i think there was a lot of orange county fans that were hoping to make that match but when the match ended up being a earlier match in the day it wasn't something where you can go and head out in the morning to drive out there to get to the match um it's something where you now have to make a plan to get out maybe the day before or fly out there which is a lot more expensive than a than a road trip uh, carpool caravan or whatever you want to call it uh, so I think the earlier start definitely benefits real monarchs because it's going to limit the amount of orange county fans that can make the trip up there uh, to uh, the Salt Lake area. I, I know Dylan is going to make the trip, but I, I don't know if any others or maybe a few are going to make it out as well. I, I can tell you the major factor for moving it was weather. It, if you saw RSL's playoff game, it's about what it's going to look like Saturday night, according to predictions. You can you can play at one o'clock and have it be 50, 52 degrees, or you can play at seven or eight and have it be 36, 34 degrees. And they just wanted to play in the better weather, which is why they were always pushing for an afternoon game. Don't they well, play in that warmer weather? weather. Like or, or in other countries? I mean, I get it. Oh, you know, you want they, the better they, weather. They do. Right. I'm just saying that's that's why management was pushing for the afternoon game. Is They didn't, didn't want the fans to have to sit in the 34 degrees because <laughs> it's hard enough to pull them out anyway. 
And I mean, I think one of Orange County's best games came on a game that started at one o'clock uh, over here. I so, agree. It won't be yeah. as hot, but that should actually help us. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan's gonna be enough of a of a supporters group for for everything, or at least enough of a voice for the fan. I'd like to apologize in advance to the lovely um, West Utah Mormons <laughs> and everyone else in that stadium. Except for our players. Um, anything else anyone wants to say about this match before we maybe go into some predictions uh, for the score and uh, star of the match? One last thing. Um, go, Dylan. Who, whoever wins this match, every other team in the league, in the Western Conference right now, doesn't want to play the winner of this match. These are the two hottest teams in the West. So including Phoenix. Yeah, and if you're... If you were Monarchs Phoenix, just if, went to Phoenix and beat Phoenix. Yeah, and, and you gotta you're gonna deal with a team coming in and then defeating another really hot team and going, All right, let's keep going. What let's see what we can't do. Um <laughs> that's not that's not great. Uh I would be terrified if I was any other team right now. Perfect. Uh, let's do this. We're going to get into some match predictions really quickly, just for time constraint purposes. Just quickly, score prediction and who the the key player is. Just call out their name. You don't have to give us a reason behind it. I'm going to start off with uh, Alan. Uh, prediction for the score and key player. Uh, I'm going to go with a 2-1 victory for Orange County, and the star player is clearly going to be Aiden Quinn. <laughs> Oh, Aiden I can't believe you, I, I'm Aiden. so oh mad at you, god. Alan. Oh my god! He has to atone for that own goal in the last game. <laughs> oh, you missed it earlier, David. Alan on Twitter earlier today predicted that Real Monarchs would win, and we had Aiden Quinn from Orange County on our show before you joined us, and uh, Aiden called him out for that prediction. So I think that's why Alan's making the change of prediction at this point. Uh, David, what about you? What's your prediction for this match? I'm already on record a 2-1 victory for the Monarchs with goals from Chang, from Chang and Martinez up top. Perfect. What about you, Harry? What are your thoughts on this match? Prediction? And um, I got it actually 2-2 uh, and with uh, OC advancing, I think probably what, uh, you know, 5-4 on PKs. Uh, we'll say that. And, and to me, the uh, OC goaltender, I forget what his name is off the top of my head, but uh, I think I think that uh, he's going to be the uh, player of the match. Frederick, do. Um, Dylan, what about you? Well, I would love to thank Alan and David for stealing exactly <laughs> what I was going to say, um, which was 2-1 Orange County with Aiden Quinn atoning for uh, the own goal a couple weeks ago and putting in one of those amazing performances that he generally does, um, just dominating the midfield. But now I just sound like a broken record. So thanks, guys. Are you ready for it, Dylan? Are you ready for my prediction? I hate you so much. If you can hear that, that's a drum roll. Five nil Real Monarchs will be my prediction. Uh, and key player is going to be the guy that David mentioned earlier. That's the leading scorer from Honduras. Um, yeah, that'll be my prediction. For those of you that don't listen to our podcast, typically, uh, this is, uh, Dylan hates that I do this, but uh, I, I have some sort of thought that if I predict the other team's going to win, Orange County actually wins the match. So I got to do it uh, heading into the playoffs here. Uh, I'm going to tell Aiden what you've done. <laughs> but tell him the reasoning behind it, and he'll probably like it. He won't. Um, <laughs> let's do this really quick, gentlemen. I don't know, uh, David, Harry, do you guys have a few more minutes that you could stay with us just to do some quick predictions of the other playoff matches that we have? Of course. Sure. Perfect. So I'm just going to name off the match and then I just going to go one by one, just pick the winner. No reasoning behind it. Nothing else. Just the name of the team that's going to win. So we're going to start off here with uh, the play in matches, Ottawa versus Charleston. Uh, let's go. We'll just go down the line here. I'm going to go Harry first. Uh, furry. Ottawa. Uh, Dylan. Ottawa. Allen. I would also go Ottawa. And uh, David. Just to be opposite Charleston. <laughs> and I'm going to go Ottawa on mine. Uh, next match to look at is North Carolina and Birmingham. Uh, Harry. Uh, North Carolina. Dylan. Um, North Carolina on PKs. I think the uh, the goal difference thing is the only question mark I have. Otherwise, I think the Legion get. Allen. 
I have NCFC as well. And David? I'd go with Birmingham. And I'm going Birmingham on mine. Uh, next matchup on the play on is Austin Bold, LA Galaxy, Harry. I am team Los Dos. Los Dos. What about you, Dylan? Austin. Alan. Austin. David. Los Dos. Uh, I'm going with the Copa Califas winners, Los Dos. Um, next matchup in the play on play in matches, Sacramento and New Mexico. Harry. New Mexico. Dylan. Sacramento. Alan. I got SAC as well. David. New Mexico. SAC just didn't look good. Last <laughs> and game. I am, I'm going to go New Mexico. Sacramento doesn't care about the USL anymore. Um, <laughs> next matchup now, we're going into the uh, first round of the playoffs now. Again, some of these, we don't quite know who these teams are going to be playing, so you got to think of that when you mention it, but let's go in. We already talked about Real Monarchs, Orange County. Let's talk about Louisville City, Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, who do you have, uh, Harry? Lou City. Dylan. Come on, you Rowdies. Alan. I got Lou. David. Rowdies. And I have Rowdies on that match. Uh, next one to talk about, we got Pittsburgh Riverhounds against a team to be determined based on how the play on play and matches go. So you got to sort of think how that'll work out. Let's go to Harry. Uh, I have Pittsburgh over Ottawa. Uh, Dylan. Pittsburgh over whoever they play. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> Allen. Pittsburgh over Fury. Probably one no. David. Pittsburgh's built built for the playoffs defense. And I'll go Pittsburgh as well. The other match to talk about next is Indy 11 versus New York Red Bulls. Um, Harry. Uh, I went Red Bulls, although they're on the Fresno track coming in, but uh, they have that proven playoff record, so I'm going to roll with them. Dylan. Who's hosting this game? Indy. Indy. At, at Carroll Stadium, the, where they used to play in the uh, NASL uh, as well. So it's not, um, at the, it's not at the Dome. Lucas Oil. Uh, I'm going to have yeah. to go with Indy based on the home advantage. Alan. I chose Red Bull because why not? They like to upset people. David. Indy. And I picked Red Bull on that one as well. Uh, next matchup to talk about or predict Nashville versus again, who we don't know who they're playing quite yet, but uh, let's just go for it. What do you think, uh, Harry? North Carolina because I hate Nashville. All right. Uh, Dylan. Uh, whoever plays Nashville because their fans are insufferable and they could go to MLS already. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> I chose Nashville. <laughs> David. I picked Birmingham, so I'd say Birmingham. <laughs> and I, I, I don't I like did Nashville pick, either. <laughs> I picked Nashville on that one. Um, next matchup, Reno against whoever they get to fl- uh, play against. Uh, Harry. Uh, I put Reno over Las Dos. Dylan. Reno. Allen. Reno over Zach. Uh, David. Reno. And I got to pick my our good friends, uh, John Macaluso and Reno up there. Uh, uh, the other match to look at here in the West, uh, Phoenix Rising versus someone to be determined. Uh, Harry. Uh, rising over New Mexico by at least four goals. Dylan. Uh, yeah, I think if Rising plays New Mexico, it's going to be a blowout. I think if they play whatever the other option is, it'll be closer, but Rising. Alan. I have Phoenix over Austin. If they play New Mexico, it will go to a draw to penalty kicks because neither team can beat each other. <laughs> David. I sort of agree with they can't beat each other, but I want Phoenix in that one. And, and I'm picking Phoenix on that one as well because I love Butterfly Gardens. Uh, last matchup for us to predict, Fresno and El Paso. Um, let's go to Harry. Uh, I got El Paso. Fresno is not winning another game. Dylan. El Paso. Fresno is no way with those red cards. Alan. I have El Paso as well. David. El Paso with Velasco in the center. Is this like our one where we, oh no, we did all, I think, agree I on think Phoenix. I think it's now yeah. the third time we've all agreed. I'm, I'm going with El we Paso. And I think it's sad that uh, Fresno may not play another match uh, where they win. So I think it's ever. sad, but the the role that they're on, and uh, I said when yeah. they made that announcement, they weren't winning another game, and that's so far been proven true. Yeah, they, they've yeah, done no. nothing to arrest that slide. So there's our predictions for that, uh, for the plans and for the first round. We'll definitely have more predictions next week once we get to the next round of the playoffs. Um, really quick 
uh, we're going to go to quick random thoughts. This is quick random thoughts this week. Uh, David, you've never been on, or been on our show or probably don't know what we're talking about here. We like to just do a random thought. If you want to participate, just throw out a random thought. It doesn't have to be soccer related. Dylan always gives us a book to read or a poem to read. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that. So I'm going to go, Alan, what's your random thought? Be careful what you say on the internet. It'll live forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harry, what about you? Uh, I had the opportunity to go to the USL uh, Academy Cup. Um, if you get an opportunity to go, it was awesome to see. And, uh, you know, since this is the Orange County uh, podcast, they put a whipping on the San Antonio team. Um, but uh, they were a class group, uh, you know, kids uh, from OC. Perfect. And Dylan, what book are we reading? No, it's a poem. It's been a poem for like a month and a half. Um, no disrespect to any parents out there. This poem's called This Be the Verse by Philip Larkin. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-L-A-R-K-I-N. Perfect. And David, do you have any uh, random thought for our listeners? The line saying ignite is only the first to fall. Ooh, uh, that's very ominous. I don't like that. <laughs> I agree, though. <laughs> we were like we were building. It was really nice. It was like rapid fire, and then just ran <laughs> out. Um, and uh, as of now, my random thought: as of now, you can talk about Tottenham Hotspur because they are back on the winning side of things after uh, a thrashing of uh, what is it, Red Star, or Belgrade, or wherever they're from. So, uh, go, uh, come on, you Spurs! Um, really quick before we end things, I want to give our guests a chance to share their. Uh, with our listeners uh, where we can hear more from them. So David, uh, let our listeners know where they can read you, hear you, listen to you, uh, social media, you, what, what do we got going on? Uh, you can read my articles on RSL soapbox and SB nation on Twitter. I'm at Takiyabue. Perfect. And what about you, Harry? Um, well, obviously you can follow me at uh, R A M I N C O L Raymond column. Pretty sure. Everybody knows that, uh, but uh, uh, we also do the podcast. Uh, we were supposed to do it tonight, but we'll be doing it tomorrow, I believe, um, which is the San Antonio Toxis, uh, Texas Soccer Show here. So, uh, but uh, I'm not one to be shy about you know following uh, local podcasts around USL or lower division soccer. Yeah, I know. For those of you who do not know who Harry is, he's uh, he's a big uh, soccer podcast guy. He follows uh, all the big soccer podcasts basically, and he's been. He always listens to what we got. We have to say, even if uh, we're just talking a bunch of random nonsense, uh, he, he follows and listens to us. So we appreciate that. Um, really quick, Alan, your social media. A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Dylan. You find me on Twitter at OCSE underscore Dylan or on Reddit slash you slash OCSE underscore Dylan. Perfect. You can follow me uh, at, on Twitter at DJ Ray Samora. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccercast. You can go to our website, OCSCpodcast.com to uh, listen and also read all the wonderful work we threw out there. Um, look for us on Facebook, Instagram as well. Um, I want to thank our guest, first and foremost, uh, Aiden Quinn for joining us on the episode. Also, uh, Harry Austin and David Cheever, thank you for taking some time in your evening to join us and and uh, help us learn more about what's going on in soccer around the nation uh, and helping us preview the match coming up this weekend for Orange County uh, in Salt Lake City or against the Real Monarchs. Uh, for all of our guests, for Alan, for Dylan, I am Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Orange County, you are- Thanks to our sponsor, Gruffneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.